0: Hi, I'm Joe Alexstron, you're listening to From the end.
1: From the Rookery End, it's the 23rd of February 2013. We are on our way to the pub, and after that, we were going to Watford at home to Derby. Uh, my name is John, with me is Mike. Yes, come on, Watford. <laughs> oh, and uh, Jason. Hi there. We are three CT holders and in Rookery End, lifelong Watford fans. And from the Rookery End, these podcasts are our take on life as a Watford fan. We've had two fantastic away wins recently, Jason. We're the form
2: side, aren't we? We are the form side, particularly that away form. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how we fare today uh, against the derby side. They're up there; they're mm. not out of it just yet. So um, interesting test today. I feel <laughs> off the back of a uh, two games as well in in the space of a week, so had, should, and, we're, we're, and Tuesday. So it's it's going to be a tough test. See if those laces can stand up to go. Yeah, you could say be you derby say team? it's interesting. I say it's important. Okay. Because I
3: think you know, we've put in the hard yards. We've done. We've gone away. We've got. We've got two great away wins. We absolutely have to, if we're serious about being up there this year, back it up with home wins. We've struggled with, with that a little bit. It feels like that to me. Um, it's, going to be a, it's going to be a tough afternoon. Derby will be, you know, they, I think they've got a few injuries and we know that it never works like that. Oh, the team's got a couple of players out, we're going to roll them over. Never, ever happens. You've got teams that come in, they're going to work hard. Watford have struggled a little bit at home and they haven't been able to replicate their away form at home, but we must well, if we're well, if we, we're gonna... we shall find it later on. Also, we're not only uh, the form team at the
1: moment, uh, Mike, we're also the most hated team.
3: Well, I wouldn't go that far, but, yeah, we're certainly attracting a few. Uh, some might call it jealous looks, some might call it sort of critical looks. Um, lot, yeah, lots flying around. I mean, we're used to it from opposition supporters and we kind of expect it, but um, Ian, uh, Ian Holloway and his... Uh, Barmy comments. I mean, what a what a buffoon. <laughs> we'll, you know, get it, on to we'll get onto that. We'll get onto Mr. Holloway's yeah, buffoonness. He's, he's opened um, he's, he's open Pandora's box, and we're uh, we're quite enjoying it, really, aren't we? We're, Watford are at their the best when they've got their backs to the, the wall, so we're on. Well,
1: we're going to join that with David Levy, uh, someone who's been on the podcast a couple of times this season. Uh, he's got some strong views about whether Watford should go up or not, and if he would like Watford to go up. But we'll check about that. Uh, and also chat about Mr Holloway in the pub. Also, after the game, we're going to be trying to grab hold of uh, Joel Ekstrand and have a chat with him, the, the man from Sweden. Not literally grab hold of him. No, 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 no. That would be either a penalty or a free kick at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we're also going to be chatting to the Watford ladies manager and two of the players from Watford ladies. Uh, because on Sunday, we're going to be going to their FA Cup fourth round tie at home at Hampstead against Leeds United. So uh, both men's and ladies' teams uh, representing in this podcast. Time to crack on.
2: A podcast made by Watford fans fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. We live in incredibly
1: strange times as Watford fans We're not a good football team. Now we are a very good football team and getting highly acclaimed by many, many pundits. Seven wins in the last ten. Highest scores in English football. And many are seriously dreaming about promotion. Many, but not all. Friend of the podcast, David Levy's with us. David, is that your dream?
4: Sort of. I think is the uh, <laughs> sitting on the fence. I've got splinters on my backside, I'm sitting on the fence. <laughs> I would just make the point that, I mean, I, I think I'd firstly like to say that it's an incredible position that we're in none of us you know I' lucky enough to appear on a couple of podcasts I remember one at the beginning of the season and all of us agreed that we didn't really know what was going to happen we didn't have a clue Um, we worried about culture we worried about the players we worried about the manager we worried about youth we worried about everything Um, and it's been you know a success as you said and it's been great and it's a privileged position to be in that in February we have a very good chance of getting promoted. If not automatically, then, you know, we should be in the playoffs. But I wonder, um, somewhat cynically and somewhat with the glass half full or half empty, is that, and I do have a concern about the Premiership, I think, you know, it's overhyped, it's commercialised, it's overexposed. Last time in the Premiership, i said, I didn't enjoy that season. We were patronised by the media, by opposition fans... We played games at very odd times. We lost most of the time. Um, I didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy having to get to the Vic early because suddenly people had rediscovered their interest in this football team playing in Watford. I didn't enjoy having to pay 50 quid to go to Chelsea in fact I refused to do so give me apart, Hud-
3: from, apart from that though pretty, pretty good <laughs> I still
4: didn't enjoy it give me Huddersfield give me Huddersfield away in October anytime and that was great and I really enjoy games like that well we asked uh, a lot of you out there um,
1: we put a little mini podcast out on Soundcloud uh, from the rookie end extra time asked the same question do you want to go up uh, Robert Hart rule said uh, it wouldn't be a disaster if we didn't go up but he would be worrying if we didn't go up that we would lose Vidra possibly even Deeney Joe Bridge said part of him is resistant to being in the Premier League. Would love another season destroying the Championship, having a amazing season, being the top dogs. And then David Ellman said he gave up. well, oh, he gave a whole list of reasons. 60 million. I want to say I think that's not quite
2: enough. I think it's
4: 90 million. Yeah, it's 90.
1: Yeah. Um, attract a high grade player. Uh, the Pozzo is able to keep uh, Granada up after two straight promotions. Uh, a new East Stand. More, more, more what from the television? In fact, that's backed up by Graham. Who are
3: international Hornets. Um, of course, they'll get to see Watford a lot more often because we'll be on the, the television around Hang the on. world. Hang on. Near East End, 90 million quid. No, thank you. Dave Levy doesn't want to get up at a funny time or have, a, have an awkward journey to uh, to place. <laughs> it's hey. not.
4: It's not. All, I mean, it's not all about that. I I think we do live in different times and I'm, I agree that people have said that the Pozzos would support us better than we were supported last time we went into the Premiership and we didn't add quality. We added Damien Francis uh, and Chris Powell. <laughs> nice nice fellas, not great footballers by that stage. And we, we were poor and it wasn't fun and we're kind of humiliated. I just hate that humiliation of lots of friends who fans of big clubs in and around London and just losing to them every week I just wouldn't enjoy I kind of take the view of Simon Burnson said, the Guardian journalist, the Watford fan very cool guy who said on the Guardian Football Weekly podcast the, the, the second best football podcast out there. Um, he said that he would like to see this team stay in the championship for another year and absolutely destroy it next year uh, and you know win 30, 30 35 games and, and have a lot of fun. I kind of agree with that. But yeah, I'm just
2: not sure the premiership's all it's cracked up to be. Jason, do you want to go up? I want to go up. <laughs> and I, I, I can see where David's coming from. I certainly, the thing about fans armchair fans of those clubs oh I see my team beat your team at the weekend yeah. Yeah, we probably know we've probably been to more brands in a season than they've been in their whole life and that's really annoying um, but yeah I want to go up I want to see if we can be a success in the Premier League playing the way that we do and working the way we do
1: now do you feel we've, different do you think that last time we were possible last time we went up and if we were put at this stage where again we could go up feel very different from that time we
2: went up in 4 I think so, yeah because, again, as David said, with Potso support it might be easier than it was last time um, and like I said, I, I want to see us trying to be successful with the guys we got today, or the guys that the Potso scouting network can get to us I think when we went up back in the 80s we were playing players like Barnes, Blissett, Jacket, guys who were fairly local and um, Football is, is, is a global game now, and the scouting network that the Plus has is a worldwide scouting network. So why can't we see if we can get these players, develop them in the Premiership, turn them into quality players, and be successful in the Premier League doing it? Let's look at Swansea. We were playing them in the Championship not that long ago. they got a great chance to win in the Major Trophy tomorrow. So even if we do go up, maybe we're a bit yo-yo for a few seasons, but the chances are there to, to win something no, I, I'd like to model us, uh,
1: the club I look at in the Premier League at the moment who I think actually they've done it the right way is West Brom they sort of they, they never developed themselves too quickly they did go up and down and did a halisee season they scraped it up there but they have slowly developed that club uh, to being a a, a, a well developed Premier League club unlike their nearby uh, rivals Wolves uh, of course have Please not be able to, to build on their Premier League, They've come down.
3: Mike, do you want to go up? Well, I've been giving Dave a bit of stick, obviously, but I agree with what he said about the Premier League. It is minging, basically. It's sort of full of idiotic fans, the TV coverage way over the top, blah, blah, blah. I think I agree with that. However, what's the point if we don't want to go up? What are we doing as the Championship? What if we won the Championship every year for
1: the next ten years? We won the League.
3: Yeah, but then... Well, that doesn't...
1: What? Imagine that's
2: all we had to in do. The what? Win the, the championship. Win the championship. Every single year. Don't go up. But we keep winning the championship. No, no, sorry, no, I, no, I, no. I I hate that. I, I've heard of that idea being moved in rugby before, where you can't get promoted to the top level because you're not a Premier-style
3: club. Sport without competition yeah. isn't sport. Yeah, absolutely. I, absolutely no way do I agree with that. And there's two. there's two things for me. One, like you said times have changed at Watford. This is a very different setup now. We've been attracting different players, a different breed of player, a different standard of player. We're playing a different type of football. As Jace alluded to, it remains to be seen whether it will work at the top level. There's only one way to find out. Um, but I think we've got the opportunity to bring in some excellent players. We've got a bit of backing if it's needed. But above all else, isn't it just absolutely wonderful to be having this conversation, to be even pondering the fact of going up when we've had, you know, all the time we've been doing the podcast... We've been banging the drum, right, let's, get, let's stay up, let's stay safe, let's safeguard our future. Let's not get relegated, let's just stay in this division and see if we can hold our own. We've moved on a step, it's moved very, very quickly, which is a welcome surprise to us. Um, not such a welcome surprise to the rest of the division, who's getting increasingly apoplectic as the weeks go on, which is bloody marvellous as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> But you know what a great time to be here, what a great conversation to be having. Um, and it may sound a little bit um, a bit glib discussing whether we want to go up or not. But I think there are there are pros and cons as we've discussed. Um, but for me, it's just absolutely fantastic that we've got the opportunity to have this conversation and maybe go up. And when, uh, if we do, we'll have a massive party and uh, we'll worry about all when it rolls around.
4: Yeah, I think if you you imagine you know the the Emperor Pozzo sitting in Italy as he does, <laughs> um, surveying all before him he would be, you know, and they're quite rightly very ambitious for us and they do want us to get into the, into the Premier League and I understand that and I'm not saying it'd be a disaster and, and I, I don't think it'd be the worst thing that could happen but I don't think that, it, you know, I don't think that we could expect to have uh, obviously as successful a season, I don't think it'd be as much fun um, I just don't want to play you know, I look at, on TV today we're here before the diving game Fulham versus Stoke on the TV are you joking I mean I'd pick any championship game and rather Fulham versus Stoke um, and that's nothing It's you know the I've got friends also. well no it's not that I would like us to be like West Brom I think that's a great club I've got a lot of admiration for the way they do things they've had some great coaches come in they've developed some really good young players and they've fought really well if we end up and we're a bit more like them that'd be great but I'm just a bit wary of what would happen, but as Mike said, it's a complete privilege to have this conversation. It's uh,
3: it's bizarre. We've got an obligation to try and make the Premier League work for us as a club, and I agree. You know, Fulham Stoke, you know, but Stoke and Fulham fans—that's the most important game on earth for them today, and they will enjoy. They wouldn't wouldn't want to be anywhere else within in the Premier League, even if they are bottom third, scrapping for relegation. Got to make it work for you. We're in a situation where we can possibly push up the table. We can consolidate. Who knows what we're be able to achieve. There's a guy in the corner, which I absolutely love, with a nude and AC shirt. They've been Champions League. You know, why not? Why not? I've been mean, putting it in, out there. I've just said look, we could qualify for the Champions League one day. <laughs> this, this is, is Mike my Parking. parking. Yeah. parking. Mike, pessimistic parking. Well, I haven't had anything Saturday to eat. I've no. had to have sales. so take it <laughs> that way
5: you will. Hi, I'm Ketchy Anya, and you're listening to From the Recreation.
2: Forward
1: in time to Sunday. Burke Hampstead Football Club. Today, and here we are at the FA Cup fourth round uh, tie, Women's FA Cup. Uh, yeah, Here's nice. an
2: interesting fact Jason, um, tell Mike the interesting fact that you told me on the way here on the train. You do realise that by the end of the season, we'll have seen Leeds' first team. Leeds ladies and Leeds youth team. Hat-trick, what a horrible probably, probably hat-trick. Probably more than most <laughs> Leeds fans. That's has
1: a dirty hat-trick. Before the game, we've just been having a chat uh, before kick-off uh, with John Salomon, the Watford team manager, about the game and about Watford ladies. This is what he had to say. John, we're, we're here in an
6: FA Cup game, but what, Watford ladies are in the Premier League already. They're, they're already there ahead of the boys, is that right? Uh, that's right, we're in the Premier League, yeah. Um, uh, they got into the, uh, the Women's Premier League about... Six or seven years ago, it was 2006 it was that they, they got up there, so 2006-2007 season I think it was. So so yeah, we've been been established in the Premier League for a few years now and it's the first season we've really kicked on and, and
3: put in a bit of a, a push at the top end of the table, so we're enjoying it at the minute. It's an exciting end to, to last season, staying up towards the end. How's it going this season so far?
6: yeah really good yeah it was exciting last season after we finished the season (laughs) it was was very frantic and and um and you know it was a a really good push towards the end of the season to make sure we got the points we needed to stay up we're already on more points now than we were that this time last season so we just continue to go from strength to strength to be honest and
2: it's um yeah it's exciting times you you came in sort of halfway through last season did you do anything different what what turned it around we spent the first three or four games sussing the squad out and
6: I knew my, I knew most of the people anyway because I've been the reserve team manager before, and Chris, my assistant manager, was the reserve team manager with me. So uh, we just sussed everyone out and and took a few games to to find our feet, and then started implementing a few things like a, a code of conduct and um, a few changes, nothing too drastic, but um, set certain rules that we wanted uh, you know to be followed, and and made the squad the you know with the type of players that we wanted here, type of people we wanted here, um, added to the staffing structure to add a bit of expertise in certain different areas, um, and it's all it all clicked into place and we started picking up points and went from there. Code
3: of conduct, so no misbehaving, basically.
6: No, from the staff as well. We sign <laughs> it as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll, we'll, we'll be staff. watching today then. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. The how um,
1: how big is the the squad? How big is like, the team behind the Watford yeah. ladies? We've
6: got a squad of about 43 players at the moment, which includes a reserve team. Uh, reserve's are top of their their division, the Southern Premier League Division 2. Uh, they're playing Reading today. It's the top of the table clash, so it's a big one for them. But yeah, a squad of 43, we've got a staffing structure of I can tell you, we've got so many people here now. We've got um, so many volunteers that are really great people that, that give their time and are passionate about helping the club and want to be part of something that's, that's successful. So, you know, there's not, not an awful lot of people here that are paid to, to be a part of the programme. Um, you know, but we all, we all pull together and for one common goal, really. Um, but, there's, yeah, there's some really good people behind the scenes and it's a big structure now.
2: How much training time do you get with the senior
3: squad? Uh,
6: three hours a week at the moment. We're looking at the possibility of extending that next season, but there's two evenings a week at the moment. Watford men's team, all about the loans, getting players, Uh, uh,
1: what kind of percentage of the ladies team are have come through the system and there's a lot of coming and going from other clubs, ladies football?
6: Yeah, to an extent. I mean, the, the majority of these girls have come through our own system. You know, we've had we had a really strong youth programme and that's, that's you know, developed a lot of good players. We pick up some from some of the local local teams as well. I think, I couldn't tell off the top of my head about this squad today, but at the moment, I think in the squad of 43, I think about 30 of them have come through our programme. Um, so, yeah, about 30 to 43 are our own players. That we've developed.
3: How, how does that compare to other teams in the in the top division?
6: I don't. I mean, I'm not too sure. I think it depends because I think because the, the you know the top flight clubs are quite spread out in certain areas because uh, there's only 10 Premier League National Division sides in the country. Um, there's eight Super League sides at the moment as well, so we're quite spread out. So it's to attract players from other clubs. Obviously, you've got to have a good program for them to come across and, and put that travel time and commitment in. But when we've got players that travel from from Kent, Northampton, um, you know, they're travelling quite quite considerable distances out of London. As well because they want to play for us and they want to be a part of this so the players we do sign they tend to come in at first team level but the, you know the reserves is quite heavily populated with players that we've developed ourselves
3: and you mentioned the super league so what's the what's the difference between super league and the, the premier league
6: uh, the premier league runs in the normal football season yep. um, it's the highest level you can get promoted and, and relegated down from as well um, you can't go any higher than the premier league in terms of promotion the, the super league is a summer league um, and they they run from march april sort of time to about october um, and that's where you've got like Arsenal, Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool and teams like that uh, there's only eight teams in that programme at the minute but they are looking to, to develop that and, and to build in a second division in 2014
1: So you can't get a promoted there, how do you get into that? You Super can't league?
6: but there's an application process at the moment so we're, we're part of that, we are looking to, to, to try and get into that league um, so there'll be two divisions from, from 2014 uh, so the structure will change at the end of this season and um, and hopefully we can be a part of that
1: we so we're here for the, ahead of the the Leeds game and uh, the FA Cup
6: is the FA Cup still magical in, in like yeah. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I've been feeling really good about it this morning to be <laughs> honest. We had a we had a really good win at Derby in the in the third round, 4-0 away. Really, really good performance, really strong performance. We rotated the squad a little bit that day as well, gives a few opportunities out to some of the players that hadn't had as much game time as they would want. Um, and uh, it was yeah great performance. So we're looking to build on that today. Um, trying to you know add, add a, a further game on our cup run. You know we, we got knocked out by Leeds in the third round last season so as a for, for me you know there's a, a little bit of revenge um, there uh, maybe <laughs> <yeah>, want. <whenever laughs> To, we want to try and get back um, uh, on track today in terms of you know putting a nice little cup run together, and the Super League clubs coming in the fifth round. So we we played Liverpool in the summer in a, in a pre-season friendly, our first game here at Berkham City We beat them one nil, um, so we'd love to, to try ourselves out against another Premier League or a Super League side if we get the chance in the fifth.
3: You're doing a really good job of raising the profile, Twitter and so on and so forth. People starting to hear a lot about about the team. Still, people need to be sold a little bit to come down and watch watch ladies football. Now's a chance. Why should should, (laughs) Watford supporters be coming down to Berkhamstead? Well, I mean, I think
6: our attendances this season would show that people that are coming are coming back. Because the standards, I think, are a lot better than, than people realise. And I think once you come and watch a game, you'll actually think, "Wow, you know, it's it's very competitive. It's technically the, p- the players are very good. Um, it's good football show. It's entertaining." And it's, uh, you know, we like the the the, the idea of well, well, one of the reasons why we moved to Birkham City was because it's a nice area. Um, there's a real nice feel about the place. It's got a great little atmosphere here. Um, and in, in last season, we our average attendance last season was 66. You know, and it, our average attendance this season has been about 127 now. I think so. Right. So we're really pushing it up and. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but in terms of relating that to say you know other clubs in the Premier League that have got, you know, maybe bigger names and, and bigger brands than we have. We're getting bigger crowds, and we I think we, we you know, other than maybe Sunderland, I'd be surprised if anyone's getting bigger crowds than we are at the moment. So we're doing a good job of, of pushing that up, but we, at the same time, like you say there, we need to get more people in. We want to get more people supporting them because it really does spur them on. And they, you know, they really enjoy having the fans here getting behind them. So, um, you know, the more Waffle fans that can come down and get behind us, the better. Um, and I think that's one of the key things about the Super League. If we did manage to get into there, it's a summer division, it won't clash with the men's team playing on the Saturday, and it gives people an opportunity to watch football year round,
3: which I'm sure everyone would love to do. Absolutely. <laughs> The, the Watford, the men's team flying. Do you feel? Do you sort of piggyback on the back of that a little bit? Do you see them get turning the results on Saturday and thinking, right, let's uh, let's keep it going for a, for the Watford family sort of thing?
6: Yeah, well, I'm a big Watford fan, so it gets, puts me in a good mood <laughs> on Sunday <laughs> so, yeah, when Watford win. Um, I. I think so, yeah, I think a lot of the girls are Watford fans so they they, they obviously, you know, the, the fact that the men's team are doing so well is, is a real buzz for them because they, it does put you in a good mood, doesn't it? You know, going to work the next day, if, you, if you're if off the back of a 2-1 win you know, yesterday, like that, it does put you in a really good mood puts a smile on your face and it makes you want to c- continue that uh, for yourself so, yeah, I'm really enjoying it because <laughs> I'm a big Watford fan so it's good, you know, I'm enjoying it and, and I'm sure a lot of the girls are as well So Watford have been getting
4: uh, a
1: little bit of press recently. Could you say a little bit, Mike? Certainly an increased amount, yeah. All because of a little rant that Ian Holloway has.
7: How can that be? What about what about the European rights then? Why haven't our players got European rights? Why can't we have the same restrictions put on? It doesn't make sense, does it? Does that to you or not, or um, everybody else scared to say it? No don't make sense does it to me they got nine from one club how's that right so close the loophole by the end of the season please because otherwise someone will buy it and they'll have a little Premier League club they can chuck their players in left right centre, that can't be right can it they still play a beautiful way they play some beautiful football some of them players are the best in the world world, a different class isn't he but so's Wilf luckily for me otherwise That club's going to just keep growing and growing and growing and that don't make sense, does it? And if I was Sir Alec and all those wonderful people at the top of our league, they should be screaming about this now. I have never seen anything quite like that. Twelve foreign looms. I'm going to be straight on to my chairman about a foreign scout.
1: You uh, uh, a quite a well-received blog post on fromthebrickend.com. I'm trying to explain the Watford side of
3: it. Are you overly annoyed with how everyone else is sort of reacting to what... I, can, I totally understand why people might have an issue with it. Because it's a very strange and unique situation. We had a lot of loans brought in from what... on the, on the, on the appearance is a, is a much better football club than us. So people are just sort of scratching their heads. And I understand why people think it's a bit odd that our team is full of loans. I expected there to be some sort of some pushback and some uh, some criticism. But what annoys me is that people can't quite work out why it's not right. So there's a lot of bleating, a lot of moaning, a lot of saying, oh, you know, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. You've lost your identity. Well, we haven't lost our identity. We're still playing the yellow shirt. We've still got the badge. We still play at Vickery Drove. And me and you still come and watch Watford. Everything's the same. Players have always been transient. Managers have been transient. Owners have been transient. One thing is is, is the same, the club, the shirt, the badge. So that's out the bloody window. Forget your identity argument. Um, youngsters coming through. You're going to you're blocking English youngsters. Anyone listening to this podcast will know that Watford have, have given long deals to their English youngsters, uh, British youngsters. We've continued to bring them through. There is an element of waiting to see what happens. The Pozos can only be judged in the future um, on whether the loan system, uh, the um, the youth development continues. Because if it dries up that I for one won't be happy and I know a lot of Watford fans won't be happy Dave standing alongside us certainly won't be happy Dave will you be happy no um, no they need to carry They need. They, they, but we can't judge them yet honestly. No. basically I think what it is is people have got their knickers in the twist because it's not fair because they haven't got access to these loan players so they want the, they want it stopped because all of a sudden we've got better players than them little old Watford <laughs> I've got Matty Vidra who's obviously different class we've got Daniel Pudil. we've got you know um, Alman Abdi I have still got Lloyd and we've still got no joining. We've all of a sudden, Watford have got access to better players. What people mean is it's not fair. And I just wish people would come out and say it. You know, they say, well, why can't... You know, it's not fair that you can have eight lonies when we can only have five. Well, it is... You it can is, have as many as you yeah, want. It is fair. they just cross didn't think of it first. My
1: thing is, it is
3: fair because it's a rule and we haven't broken any rules. It's not cheating. Because you it's, not cheat when you break rule. it's not a loophole either. It's not a loophole. Just weakness. because there isn't a rule against it doesn't make it a loophole. No. You know, I'm having a beer... I'm exploiting the you're allowed to have a beer you know so I'm exploiting that loophole
4: yeah I I loved it when we played Ipswich on Tuesday I couldn't get to the game I was listening I was having a look on Twitter and Ipswich fans complaining about it and somebody pointed out Ipswich have used 14 loanees this season from a variety of English and Scottish clubs Watford have had 14 loanees. It just happened to happen from from fewer number of clubs. Um, I've got a quote here from Makeci Anya, which um, has come out in the Watford Observer today, talking about how it feels to play at Watford. Now, he's someone who's coming from Granada, very interesting background. He's been in and out professional football. Listen to what he says. We don't feel like we're on loan. We're all one big group. I can understand where the negative comments are coming from because it's the first time this has happened. But as a team, we all feel like we're a close unit. And of course he would say that, he said, I'm sure we'll get that. But it genuinely doesn't feel like that. And I, I, I would make one more point. We brought in some excellent players, but none of them were sure things. Look at Vidra's injury record. Not very good. He hadn't played many matches. We brought in a 17-year-old from Chelsea. 17-year-old to come and be the, the you know, sort of axis in our midfield. Okay, you know, I mean, that's not a sure thing. That's bringing in a risk, and he's been wonderful, Chilibeau. He's now eighteen, and I think he'll go on to have a very successful career in the well, Premier Well, now, now he can
3: drink now. So now he can drink. World. He's all right. He he's exploiting to... uh, that loophole that yeah, he's yeah, now available. 18 year loophole.
4: Yeah. Okay, Alman Abdi was a, a season pro, and he was a bit of a sure thing. But what I'm, you know, if you look at the number of players we signed and the range of players and their backgrounds and their injury records and their scoring records, it was not guaranteed that we were going to have success, and it's happened because Zola has. Got them and Zola and his staff got them playing brilliant football and knitted them together as a really tight unit. And it, it was not guaranteed. This is not football manager. We might have that on the front of our shirts, but we are playing real life. And so much credit has to go to Zola for how he's managed the transition from having these players uh, and to the success we are in February, talking about do we want to go up or not. I think what the fans
2: of other clubs probably need to understand is that the word we were using at the start of the season was project and we are at the start of this project, and we probably won't see such a high number of loanees coming into the club, or probably even transfers coming into the club in, in such large numbers in, in one go. Um, well, I think, I think I, I, a little bit last year, with the fact
1: that you know the how late that takeover happened, yeah. uh, what we got ourselves out of, mm. um, I, th- I think maybe we might we possibly could have signed a few more of those players it's because it doesn't matter who they're the utilizing what for Granada it's the same bank account it's the same owners no one's, no
3: one's losing any money yeah I mean I think you hit the nail on the head with the, with the quantity of loans, which is what ev- everyone raised eyebrows to start with I think and that was because it happened so quickly and they've admitted they chucked loads of mud at it in the hope that some of it would stick they, wanted, they just got loads in in the hope that Zola would be able to build something and, and luckily and I think we had, there has been an element of luck about it not decline what, what Zona's done, uh, but he's managed to make a team out of it. Um, Jace is absolutely right. I think that, that was the big the big splurge if you like and Zona very quickly realised which were, which ones were important and they've, they've they've been they've been important and the and the others have, have remained on the fringe, some have actually gone back already. So already we're down to a sort of a nucleus of, of low-nees that would bring it probably into into what people would term as acceptable numbers. But I think, in the interests of balance, we're, we're talking before the derby game today. If We were a derby supporter. If we were a Watford fan and Derby had Alman Abdi, uh, Daniel Pudil, Matthew Vidra all on loan, we'd be like, hey, "Hang on a minute, this isn't fair." You know, why are we having to come? It's it's in opposition fans' nature to, and we have to be we have to be honest and say you'd be it might be jealousy. It might be you might be you might, you might you might agree with it, but I think a lot of the. I think a lot of the moral arguments are, are a smokescreen and I think people haven't quite worked out why it's an issue and I think what it comes down to. I don't think it's jealousy, they just don't think it's fair and I don't agree with that. They're saying well, it's not a level playing field. Football's never been a level playing field. Manchester City have bought who they wanted for the last two years. Chelsea have bought who they wanted for ten years. We've got access to, to better players just like they've got access to a shitload of money. You know, it doesn't make it, it, doesn't make it unfair... If you, want, if you want to talk about level playing field, let's have salary caps. Let's have in, caps on investment. Let's do that. The rules are exactly the same for everyone. So if you want your foreign loans, go and get them. Stop bleeding.
4: How much... Uh, I, the, I couldn't agree more with every word that you guys said there. My final question on this is, how much attention are Hull getting, who've just loaned the some really Egyptians. top... Three yeah, Egyptians yeah. from El Ali, the strongest club, club team in Africa, and they're doing well for them. They've scored yeah. goals. Hull are, you know, are rivals to get that second spot along with Leicester how much attention are they getting and how much attention are we getting and yeah. you know i think
2: i think it was mentioned on uh, football league challenge last weekend right. but i bet if we weren't getting the attention if we weren't doing what we we're doing then probably it would be yeah.
1: well miss Holloway i think gave us that a bit of attention that clip you heard at the beginning was uh, thanks to what survey on their all uh, audio
3: booth site they've got uh, they've been updating recently
1: Yeah, i think they were, he, had, he wasn't just doing it to raise the moral issues in the game of football was he mike
3: he, he's got. He knows what he's doing. He's not as dim as he sounds or looks. <laughs> I think he 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 reckons Watford are going to end up playing Palace in the in the playoffs, and he's raising the ante a little bit. You know, he knows if that was if he was Gianfranco Zola, he'd be rubbing his hands together. Um, and let's not forget, this is the man who signed um, Wilfried Zaha in exchange for fifteen million. You know, he sold Wilfried Zaha for fifteen million pounds. And Wilfrid Zaha, <laughs> you know, if that, you know, there's not it's something a bit weird about that. You get the money and the player, so you know, I don't mind. They're the rules. He's done it really well. He's played an absolute blinder. But do you hear anyone going on about that? No. He ought to. He, he knows what he's doing. It's a bit of gamesmanship. Um, I think it's good because I think it's galvanised Watford fans a little bit, uh, and people are now starting to um, to really stand shoulder to shoulder on what is absolute palpable nonsense being spouted by most people. Like well, Mike, maybe there's a a way that we could really sum up this whole. Last couple of weeks,
8: musically. Holloway is talking like an oaf, awful pieces in the Daily Mail. Dom's nonsense on the wireless, careless writing for my moustached whale. Their apoplectic fuse has blown. Because they found out what we've always known Always known That's right Not all our players are our own Veja, Pudil, Cassetti, Bataccio They can't just help but moan and groan Can't stop going on about how long Can't stop going on about how long You don't know how long we have waited For Watford's future to be bright You don't know how long we have waited for journalists to get their facts right To stop the presses and hold the phones Watford's ruining the game with all their loans Their loans That's right Not all our players is our own Vedra, Pudil, Cassetti, Battacchio. They can't just help but moan and groan. Can't stop going on about how long. Can't stop
3: going on about how long. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else that can be said about that. Can we release it as a download? <laughs> no. I could get the download charts goodness gracious me that was it that was extraordinary well you wrote it and I sang it very badly
2: but it was passion behind it stay in the loop and get involved on facebook.com slash rookery end
1: thank you everyone who's entered our Marvin Sawdell shirt competition so far it's your chance to win a signed England shirt from the former Hornet, Marvin Swidell, the shirt he wore whilst representing Watford at England under-21. Uh, to win it, all you need to do is name the 11 players Marvin picked for his favourite starting 11 of Watford players that he played with. Hint, he is one of them. Uh, so far, no-one's got it right. To help you, here are three wrong entries. Now, Mike, you know the answer. You can tell us how many they got right. Dr. Gil Martin, Doyley, Mariapa, <laughs> Hodson, Bennett... Buckley Eustace
3: Cleverly, Murray Graham and Marvin Bill all I can say is I'm glad that you're not our manager <laughs> um, but you've got five right Kieran Callanan
1: says Loach Doily Mariapa Demerit Taylor Smith Eustace Cleverly, Buckley Graham and Sordell getting closer got eight well done the last one we're going to give you is um, from Mike Lash Loach Doily Mariapa M. Taylor A. Taylor Kiteley, Eustace, Much, Cowie, Sawdell, and Graham. Very close. Nine. If you want to send us your eleven players, you can email us podcast at formthebookerain Stick Marvin shirt into the subject. We want eleven players, and as we've said, hint.
3: One of them is. It's a Marvin. magnificent prize. It really is lovely shirt. He played for England in this shirt, and he signed it. Really, really good opportunity. Get involved. Here it is: a collection of historic and intriguing items the define Watford Football Club. Oh, it's Watford in a hundred objects. 20th
1: September 2008, Watford were taking on Reading in an early season championship clash. Mart Poom had just gone off with a dislocated elbow, and on came debutant Scott Loach. Then, on 13 minutes, something very weird happened, which even Chris Kamara couldn't explain. Unbelievable, there's a goal, but it's not a goal, but it's a goal because the referee's given it as a goal because he consulted with the linesman, and the linesman gave the goal,
3: but listen to the crowd. I mean, they, they, they're laughing on the Reading bench. They can't even believe it themselves. The corner came over from Stephen Hunt. Jimmy Keeby once
1: again, had the ball on his head. He's headed it towards goal and it was cleared. There was a few ricocheted shots. The referee then gave what appeared to be the linesman uh, flagging for a foul. But the linesman then flagged to the ref, come over, the ref went over to him, and he says that the ball crossed the line. One-nil, Jeff. Thanks for clearing it up, Chris. <laughs> when we last spoke to John Eustace, we asked him about that moment. I'd imagine
3: if Mr Atwell refereed one of our games again that you might have something to say to him at some point. Well, well, you know, that, that was amazing,
7: wasn't
1: it? Because uh, you were credited with that goal. Yeah. You were, what are your memories of that? Those uh, few I'd, minutes.
6: Yeah, I just
3: remember it coming off my knee and going out for a corner. And, you know, the rest is history, really, isn't it? It was, it was freaky. So. so what was everyone saying to the ref and the line? What were, they, what were you guys just saying? Just straight over to them and just saying it's obviously gone out for a corner, you know. What are you playing at? They didn't really know what day it was, so, you know... So, I'd be really interested to know what your thoughts were about what, how Reading reacted to that. Because I've often said, look, you know, they know it's not a goal. Yeah. And when it's something as obvious as that... Is there a bit of sportsmanship involved? Do you, you, know, do you let Watford go and score an equaliser? Or how did you feel about... Did you feel cheated by the players? Because they knew they knew that that wasn't a goal.
6: Possibly. I mean, they could have easily said, right, you guys go and yeah. score and level it up. But, I mean, that could be down to the fourth official as well. You know, he, he could quickly just nip in and watch a screen or whatever and say, listen, it's obviously blatantly not a goal. There's been a mistake. Just let Watford score another goal or, or whatever. But um, So, so yeah. video technology, are you up for that? Oh, without a
2: shadow of a doubt, yeah. yeah. For sure, yeah, definitely.
1: Now I didn't know you when that ghost
3: goal went in, Mike, and I can only Happy guess. Days. I can only guess how you reacted to that goal. Well, obviously initially I was absolutely livid, <laughs> incandescent with rage. I think is probably the most accurate uh, fact. I cleared the two rows in front of me, two, two beside me. Even my brother probably went home, such as my fury. But then I sat down and thought, actually, have I seen what I thought I've seen? Because that can't be right. They can't have got that ba- that badly wrong. And for the rest of the game, we were sort of second guessing. Actually, you know, something must have happened. We must have missed it. Trick of the uh, trick of the light. Trompe lui I think it's called. Is that a trick of the eye? I think. But lo and behold, you get home and you see it's gone miles. But the, the thing that really annoyed me, actually, and people will argue that, that you can't expect professional footballers to do this, was that Reading accepted that goal. I think they, there's a, there's a, you have a right, really. You have an obligation when it's something is blatant as that. To, to sort of say put your hands up and say that wasn't the goal we're not having that and as it turned out it worked in Watford's favour actually because we were, we were playing quite poorly in the game we went 1-0 behind and then powered on by the injustice the crowd obviously got riled and, and Watford went into a 2-1 lead which we never looked like getting so swings and roundabouts a little bit but uh, absolutely incredible and again Watford at the heart of another uh, controversial story Jason what do you remember about the how the crowd sort of felt after
2: the goal I, as Mike said I think it was puzzlement and confusion I remember the the ball had just hit the bar I think Loach had gone to I think dive to save it couldn't get to it but he come back off the bar and then gone out for it was eventually given us the goal um, and I just assumed that they'd made a mistake with the ball hitting the bar and they thought it'd gone in and gone out again or something like that I, I, it didn't the life of me thinking it was the one that had gone wide by a couple of yards and and everyone else was the same we were all sort of looking around at each other going what was that for I think people were frantically looking on mobile phones trying to find out from people listening to the game at home to see what was going on and no one
3: honestly knew what it was given for apart from the lines It's not really Watford related but there's a slightly wider issue with this as well and of course the referee involved in that was was Stuart Atwell who has gone on to be fast-tracked to the sort of Premier League and stuff and you just think well Hang on, there's something really wrong here. When because they selected him and that's a golden but boy referee. But was
1: the ghost goal the linesman's fault? Nigel Banister, not, not Atwell's? It was
3: a complete breakdown. It was a complete failure of the of the officials. Um, but everything everything was busted. But the the, goal, the ref should be able to see from that. You know, if you're if you're the the, um, the linesman, you should see that there isn't a bit of net between the between you and the and the ball strange things happen obviously they did it in good faith but between them they should have got it right but you know Atwell has gone on to you know to to, Premier, to Premier League, be a Premier League ref and I just don't think there's enough accountability I don't think refs cheat on purpose but if I make a really bad mistake at work I haven't done it on purpose but the likelihood is I'll either be disciplined or if it's really bad I'll get sacked you know and Accountability. Football lives in its own little bubble, and I think
1: that was another example of it. Well, how, what object do we put into the list of something that never actually existed? So what we're going to put in... Stuart
3: so Ampour's contact
1: name. <laughs> no, we're going to put in a UFO. In a post-match interview, the then Watford manager, Aidy Bothroyd, said, it's like a UFO landing, a mistake like that. I can't think of a more bizarre moment in Watford history, but if you can, drop us an email, podcast at podcast.formtherookrain.com, or there's any object that you think we should stick into our list, send it to us. Podcast at fromtherookeryend.com
2: From the rookery end.
1: Uh, so Watford ladies, uh, FA Cup 4 round game against Leeds United finishes. Watford nil, Leeds two. Jason, we've uh, watched the game of ladies football. What did you think of the Watford ladies team?
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of ability in there. Their ball control is very good. And they they don't panic. They give themselves time on the ball. Look for a, a simple pass. Um, yeah, I, it was good. I, I don't want to be patronised. You yeah, know, it. it's yeah, quite yeah, hard but, not but. to be patronising. We We compare, and we, like. But yeah, for for a lot of people, their only reference is to men's football. So we have to make those references. And it and it was yeah, there's some good football there, and and I enjoyed it. And I I'd like to go and see them again. I think and like to see them win because unfortunately two 0 defeat. Because the Leeds
1: were quite strong in defence, I think, weren't they? They were.
2: Their, their defence was very good. I, I said first off, I was very impressed with their left back, but to be fair, the whole of their defence are pretty good. We had Joe Wilson up front, who, yeah, it looks like she's got a lot of pace on her, and I think uh, there were times, uh, and certainly as the game went on more, we were sort of trying to get the ball up to a, a quicker. The Leeds defence were just sort of handling everything. They were they were strong in the air, not afraid of, of getting ahead head on those balls, which in weather like today, being up, you can get me out there on a Sunday head and in this weather. I tell you, it must be, yeah, that's going to hurt. My favourite
1: player was Emma Beckett uh, in the midfield. bit of a mouth on her, uh, making herself be known to all the Leeds players and the referee, that's for sure, uh, but a nice gritty performance. Yeah, she and, and did, and, well and, a,
2: and, a, and again, good good control, good pass from the ball as well. I was impressed with her too, um, definitely one of our better players.
1: Uh, we're going to go uh, over to the other side of the ground now and, and chat to uh, goalkeeper and captain uh, Lauren Davey and striker Sarah Wiltshire. You just finished a game, it's a Sunday, what, what, what do you do now after a, a game of football Lauren?
8: eat
9: <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm back on the train back up to loughborough okay straight away yeah it's pretty much all i do but i don't know just eat is the most important thing it's pizza, eat.
1: Sunday. pizza
2: it's sunday. sunday okay <laughs> so that's quite a commitment for you then for doing this every week
9: yeah yeah up and down every week down on a friday to train and then back up on a sunday so keeps me busy
2: and so what,
1: what are you studying at loughborough
5: Uh, um,
9: maths and sports science
1: i do something sporty yeah, well, got to, you? <laughs> So, uh, what about you after the game? What are you what are you going to be doing? Um, and what you do in the week when you're a Watford ladies player?
10: Um, well, I coach the under-11s, and uh, my job's coaching. I'm just in a school doing a PE for the little ones, so okay. that's all I do, really, coaching.
1: <laughs> yeah, but so you're, you're also you're in a Welsh international for the for ladies, aren't you? Yeah. Like What's that like?
10: Uh, it's really good. Obviously, you get to play against like some top teams and um, get to go away to different countries... It's just yeah, it's a good experience playing with some like really good players. A lot of them playing like Super League, so you know you're playing with like some really top players.
2: Sarah, I couldn't help but notice taking your corners there. You, you seem to gain a little bit of an extra advantage where you put the ball down. Do you get away with that every yeah, week? <laughs>
10: <laughs> don't, yeah. don't put it gonna Don't. Like, don't
2: yeah, don't. Tell, hopefully the referees won't be this side.
10: Obviously that the, the line is not standing. I can't do it that side, which is annoying because that's the left. My left peg so I need kind of need a more advantage on that side, but oh well, no one notices, so no, why not? Yeah. <laughs> You've
1: got to get away with it while you can. Yeah. What music do you play in the Watford Ladies changing room?
10: We, we have a playlist. Yeah, um, everyone picked a song, yeah. uh, so that kind of goes on and kind of on shuffle. So, yeah, like everyone's song normally yeah. comes on unless someone tries to. Skip other people's, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> you get the odd person like slyly
9: going up to Irene. Yeah, Irene <laughs> gets changed quite a lot. But no, it's just up tempo, upbeat, Yeah, dancing, dancing stuff.
1: Is there any Drake on there?
10: Oh, yeah,
9: they love him. Yeah.
1: yeah. I say yeah. all the if every every one of the men's say what do you like, they always say Drake.
9: Yeah.
1: It's a big one. You can't train as much as, as the, the men's team. How how often do you train? Is it?
9: Well, we train twice a week with Watford, and I can train three times a week with Uni. So I get a few in, but generally it's only two, three a week. And a yeah, the girls do their
10: own things yeah. as well, so we'll train like twice a week. Some of them go to the academy, so they'll be training anyway, yeah. um, the younger ones. Uh, but people go to the gym, do their own thing. Yeah, it's harder. Yeah.
2: With the sort of less time we spend together as a group then, does that make it harder um, training on tactics and set pieces, that sort of thing?
9: Yeah. Well, it's it's harder to gel as a team if you don't play with each other every single day. Then you sort of know what each other's doing after a while. So it's it's hard, but we're all used to it. So yeah. you just have to get on with it and make the best out of what you can.
1: Because a lot of you've come like through the the Watford sort of under uh, yeah, since you, you were young. Yeah. So you you must have known each other quite a long time.
9: Yeah. There's quite a few that know each other through Watford, and we've got a couple of Arsenal Centre of Excellence that people that have come through there and move into Watford. Um, so they've known each other before. So
10: we've we've got
9: groups of players that have played with each other before.
10: Quite a young team, so they've all come up, like, together. yeah,
2: together. So, yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, Lauren, you're captain as well as goalkeeper. Do you find it hard being a captain and goalie at the same time to sort of get your point across?
9: <laughs> I have the odd run-up to the halfway line to make sure my point's heard. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, well, uh, there's, there's so many people on the pitch that um, are good leaders anyway, so... It's always useful. You need you need leaders all over the pitch. So um, I see my role as more of a overview of everything. And if th- something needs to be said, then then I'll say it. But there's uh, there's people around the pitch that will take charge to of that. Be fair, so. she can see
10: everything. She is loud. She is loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can hear her. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. The similarities to men's game was um, there's the absolute determination and c- complete commitment out there, isn't there, for for all the all the players?
10: Yeah, everyone's everyone gets kind of changes on the pitch everyone gets like feisty (laughs) (laughs) no one's very girly really on 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 the pitch maybe maybe one (laughs) you can't Um, be
9: there other teams will just come in and smash you if you decide that you're just going to sell yeah the northerners are always a bit (laughs)
10: northern girls (laughs) (laughs) you've got to be the same otherwise yeah. yeah
1: Well, the uh, the, the Leeds team we saw today certainly lived up to the Leeds tag of dirty Leeds a little bit. They weren't the. Uh...
9: they weren't as bad as normal, to be fair. No, no, we've we've had them when they've been dirty, like very dirty. But they're a good team, so we just have to.
1: Okay. Well, good luck for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep you up to date. You, we do a thing on the podcast called the Pozzo League, mm-hmm. where we get all the you know, Udinese and Granada and Watford, okay. Watford Under 18s and Watford Ladies, yeah. and we average out. The points per game and mm-hmm. um, that they play, and who's at the top. And out of all the five teams, the Watford Ladies team, you're top of the, the Pozzo league, so you're the most successful <laughs> Pozzo, uh team that there is out there.
9: <laughs> good. Well, hopefully we'll be the, like still be there at the end of the season, yeah. like keep going. But yeah, so that's good. <laughs> We're top of second. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is British Somalonga doing the Conga on from the Rikrien.
1: The, floor. Uh, the, the game finishes, two to Watford, one to Derby. That means it's another win for Watford. And uh, thanks to some other results around the country, Watford are now second. Mike? Upwardly mobile. Upwardly mobile, second in the uh, championship. That's an automatic promotion place at the moment. We've been lucky to meet up with Jackie Oatley, the
3: first lady of match of the day. We've, we're going to ask you for your honest assessment of two things the loan situation and today's game. Over to you.
5: Well, the loan situation, I'm sorry, I did include it in my 30-second preview because it is, I know you can look at me like that if you like, but it is, from a neutral's point of view, interesting, the fact that you've got 11 players on loan and the fact that eight players started. I only mentioned it, no hint of condemnation, it was just... There
1: tones in your voice. No, there wasn't. It was
5: just a fact. And two of your loanies came back in up front today, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, I can see why people are upset about it, but it's not Watford's fault. I, I don't think it's necessarily... A great rule to have. It just doesn't really make sense more than anything. The, the the loan situation's there to make sure people don't abuse it. But you haven't abused it. So so you you're absolutely within your rights to do what you're doing. But I can understand people like Ian Holloway saying that they wish it didn't exist. Do you think that's because they think it's
3: it's not fair on them? Not so much
5: not fair on them, because he could go to international clubs and, and sign all those plays, couldn't he? So he knows it's it's not that. I think he just thinks that the rule isn't correct. And I don't think he was having a go at Watford particularly. I think he just doesn't like the rule, the fact that you know, the player today who scored his 20th goal for you on loan from Udinese is one of 11 low knees. Um, and the fact that only one of them counts as a loan and that's um, Chalabar from Chelsea because it's a domestic so I was tweeting today that this, this side unrecognisable from the one last time I was here the whole game Slightly last March yeah. I'll tell you what the pitch was different as well it's <laughs> much better now I think Mr Zola's had something to do about that it was not recognisable, but I'm glad it was because frankly <laughs> it was. at the time I was tweeting I think the first half it, they're absolute joy to watch you watch this every week lucky you
1: we, we could be going up. we finished Derby game in second place automatically promotion Motion. Yeah. dreams are coming true how far off do you reckon we would be if we did go up
5: that actual team there you'd have a chance but uh obviously it wasn't quite the same situation the second half as it was the first first half i just i just sat back and thought this is fun this is ridiculous to get paid to watch this the way that you broke with speed and power and accuracy more to the point these young players passing the ball at such pace uh, with accuracy the likes of He-Ho and vidra and well, all of them, frankly. It was uh, really was fabulous to watch. But then Derby had a real go in the second half, didn't they? As as they should, really, frankly. And um, so it wasn't quite the same situation. And I think if you did go up, it, needless to say, you'd need to take more chances because she created so many chances today and missed a couple of open goals. And um, that would be the, yeah, the key thing. The but I'm sure Mr Zola brand knows brand that.
1: League, you know. <laughs> well, thank you very much.
5: Got no, us. thank you.
1: We're going to stick around here after the game. Uh, trying to have a chat to Joe Ekstrand.
2: Double bubble. Not only we we going to chat to him, but he's, he's going to be in a good mood, Jace. He is. He scored.
7: <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yes. we,
2: we've seen Trent score on a couple of occasions. That excellent one here at the bar, it's Barnsley. And even today, he had a great chance in the first half before uh, slotting that one yeah. home in the second yeah. Half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't. it wasn't pretty. Yeah. But you know, we'll, 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 we'll wait a bit and uh,
1: find Joel or Lars. We'd better find out, haven't we? Well.
2: from the rookery end. So you scored a goal today? Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) I scored a goal. I should have scored two goals, but I'm happy that I scored one it was my first one so I'm happy as yeah.
3: that always been part of your game you've been threatening to score goals you've hit the crossbar a couple yeah, of times yeah
0: yeah yeah no I've been disappointed because I, like you said I've hit the crossbar a couple of times good saves a couple of times so, so and and then when I missed the first in the first half when I missed this one I thought I will never score in this club so <laughs> when I scored in the second half I was very very happy yeah. did you it always was. thought when you were a kid did you always play defence no worked? no no I was a striker midfielder everything so I scored a lot of goals when I was, when I was a kid obviously now I don't score as much as I did but, uh, uh, no, I'm very happy. But the main thing is that we won and we keep on taking the points we need, uh, so I'm happy. Yeah.
3: So we're, we're talking to, now. Is it Joel or is it Lars? Joel. Okay, so
0: Lars,
3: we're talking to Joel after the game. He's got some snazzy blue trainers on, but in the no. game you've got black boots on. Yeah, we love black boots. Is yeah, that yeah. your decision or? Is yeah, of
0: course. I don't want. Uh, first of all, I'm a defender. Uh, so I don't want to run around in shiny yellow shoes or something, you know, it's not my personality <laughs> uh, I like the black ones, uh, really all black, it's the best So, so I actually coloured my shoes to, to have them all black uh, uh, This is, isn't really my style, but, but they're comfor- comfortable, you know yeah. uh, is, so that, yeah.
1: is that a, um, a superstition? Like you, you have to do certain things before a game, you have to have black boots?
0: No, no. I had I've had other shoes as well, but I don't feel comfortable. You know, if I was messy or something, maybe I would have some shiny shoes, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> it's a no. I just choices, I just yeah. think it's uh, more. Uh, I think it's cleaner. You know, I yeah. think it's better. You do you, yeah, yeah, do it's you
2: suggest to the rest of the team they
3: should be wearing black boots, particularly your fellow defenders?
0: Yeah, I should, man.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And so you're in a Watford side, a very successful Watford side now. We're doing well up to second today, amazing, so congratulations on that. But what what did you know about Watford before you joined? Uh, I had uh, Alexander Krakjaniklik in Fulham. Mm. He played Mm -hmm. here last
0: year, so I I knew a little bit, but I can't say I knew much. And I didn't know much about the championship uh, except that I knew it was a tough league a hard hard uh, physical league so uh, no uh, when when the pos- possibility for me to come here and I knew they were going to do uh, uh, many good players were coming here I knew if, if we could we could work work it out to to a really good thing along with the English good players so so it's all in the beginning of course it was very tough and very hard for us but now uh, when we got it all together we we, we are really becoming a team and we're we Got a spirit that is uh, one of the best I've had. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very Did
2: you watch a lot of English football when you were younger? Yeah,
0: of course. My my favorite team has always been um, uh, been Arsenal, even <laughs> though I don't don't like to say it now. But <laughs> <laughs> I, try yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, so I know. I watched uh, Premier League all the time when I was little. So so it's always been like the main. Also in Sweden, they always had a Saturday Sunday. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I love English football and, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. How about English culture? Have you? Yeah, I lived. I lived. uh, (coughs) When I was ten, I lived in Canterbury for a year. Okay. So I lived in England for for one year. My parents were working here. Uh, So no, no, no. I get along well with English people. I like. They got a lot of irony and (laughs)
2: like. Talking of talking of culture, there's this Swedish thing. I've met a few Swedish guys through work. That is it snuff that they put inside their gums. What's that all about? (laughs) Ah, there you go. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
0: snooze it's, it's called Lattie. snooze, yeah. yeah it's yeah. tobacco, yeah. Of course. Right, man. If you're you're not a Swedish, if you don't use it. <laughs> okay. is
2: it glass glass in it, or something to to get into. Yeah, the yeah, 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 it?
0: yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's this one, and and there are like glass uh, splatter to cut the skin up, okay. and then the nicotine and the tobacco goes. Directly to your brain. <laughs> do, do,
3: do not try this at home. If you do snuff, nah. you will not be
0: a professional footballer like John.
3: Do
0: you have injury in the game, do you? No. Okay. <laughs> not to training if it's uh, relaxed
3: training. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, relaxed. We, hear, we hear a lot that when new players sign, they have to do a song. A lot of what we had a lot of new clients signing other summer. Did you have to do a song? Yeah, I did one. Uh, what did
0: you do? I can't, uh, I did a Swedish one, but I can't remember. It. Otherwise, I would sing it now for you. But
3: <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> whistle the tune. And, uh, and talk to us a little bit about you about the um, about the Watford teammates. It's, you know who's, who's uh, the biggest joker? Troy Deeney is one of them, but there are many.
0: We have many funny personalities. Uh, uh, Fernando Forestieri. Uh, even though he don't speak perfect English yet, you know I still understand him all the time. He's so <laughs> funny, funny guy. There are a lot of uh, very nice people and players, so so we're getting along well so far. Um, of course, it's high, it's high concurrence, uh, high intensity on trainings, but that's good. And by by the side, we're getting along well so. Uh, yeah.
2: yeah, your your first game was the Charlton game. You came on as sub, you, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, way, way. well that that must have been quite intense for your first game. Yeah, but I've done a couple of
0: I've done a couple of uh, intense uh, debuts, so 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 I'm used to it. So it, it was okay at the time. I just wanted to play. I just wanted to come come in and show
3: myself. So so uh, yeah, because I had a little struggle in the beginning. That, that game was quite important for Watford supporters because obviously we had a lot of loan loan signings coming in, and like it or not, the question is: do loan players are they committed fully yeah, to yeah. Watford? Of course. Yeah. And I think that night we realised the likes of yourself. Alman put in an amazing performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really felt like we were all in it together that night. Was yeah. that something that you picked up on? Yeah, yeah. I can, I can also
0: feel that way. But I feel it gets stronger uh, every game we play. And uh, when, when you get these kind of so many new players into a club, of course the fans want to want want, want the players to take it serious. Uh, uh, of course we respect that. Without the fans, the club and uh, the games are nothing. So, but. I think it's not one player that here that is here that isn't committed to do everything they can to to help the team so uh we are all happy to be here. We are all happy to represent Watford, and uh, and we love it at the moment.
1: There's, there's one man we have a massive, you know, a lot of love for, and that's Lloyd. Yeah,
0: you know, yeah. He's also been me, you know, 10 you know, oh here ten years. Here, what's yeah. what's he like to play? Nice. No, he, he's he's one. I have to say, he's one of the m- m- players that I've been so. W- you know the kind of player who works like 120% every training, game, everything. He just he's so friendly guy and and uh, and a wonderful footballer as well. Even though he's not the most technical, mm. he's the most he's the player with the biggest heart for me. So so now he's wonderful to train with, to follow, and uh, I know he's a legend
3: here. and And uh, it's good that he's been playing a lot. Mm. Yeah. Okay, we're, we're we're up to the run up to the end of the season. Yeah. Message for the supporters as we enter the final straight.
0: Uh, please come and support us. Uh, you're all, you're everything for us, and and uh, we're enjoying it every time you're with us. Uh, so so come to the Vicarage, come to the away games, and and, uh, and and cheer us to victory, please. Joe Alex <laughs> A
2: podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the Rookery end.
0: That's it for another
1: From the Rookery End podcast. Thank you to Joel uh, for his time. Also, thank you to Jackie. Thank you to uh, Watford Ladies, uh, John, Sarah and Lauren for their time. Um, Very interesting stuff to learn a little bit more about the Watford Ladies team. Uh, We'll be back with another podcast after the Burnley home game. It's a great time to be a Watford fan. It's jolly good fun being second in the championship. It's going to be tense, but hopefully exciting. And hopefully, a lot more wins, and we can cement our place in the automatic promotion. Thank you for listening, and uh, come on, you ones!